This podcast is brought to you by Anchor. Anchor's a dope way to start a podcast. You don't have the equipment, that's fine, because with the Anchor app, you can record right off of your phone. You're worried about trying to distribute that? That's cool, too. You don't have to worry about that, because Anchor will distribute your podcast to major streaming platforms such as Spotify and Apple Music. So get started with Anchor. Get your voice out there. Hey, what's up? This is your host, Pete McCarvin, and join me as we explore the great unknowns. What's up, fam? Welcome back to another episode of The Great Unknowns with your host, your country cousin, Pete McCarvin, a.k.a. Peter Mac. This episode right here I got for y'all today is real special to me because when I was like really coming into my own in comedy, once I got stationed out in San Diego, California back in 2014, 2015, this guy was one of the people I met that kind of took me under the wing, showed me the ropes. You know, I performed with a lot. He gave me great feedback, great criticism, and it was a pleasure working with him as well as learning from him. Um, my man is a 20 plus year retired member of the United States Marine Corps. Um, he's at actor in his own right, as well as a comedian, all around hustler. He hails from Harrisburg, PA, because he definitely gonna tell you that he screams that all day long. I get up for a mentor, a comrade and comrade, as well as a good friend of mine, my man, the Marina comedy, Kevin Davis. How you doing, brother? What's up, brother? What's good, B? I can't, I can't call him, man. Just up here in Washington, man, enjoying the sunshine, because, you know, see my guns out with my little pea shooters, and I ain't really got no guns. So they had, I had to, uh, just came back, I took a stroll down by the waterfront where I'm at, uh, went up by the park. Actually, um, found out something up by the park that's in my house. They have, like, historical manuscripts up there. Like, I actually saw the Japanese surrender in World War II. It's up there in that, um, in the museum that's right by the park. Never even knew they had that type of shit up there. So, but what's going on good with you? What's good down there in Cali? Cali is Cali, brother. You know, uh, we finally working our way back from the, you know, the virus, because they hit us kind of hard. Oh, yeah. yeah. I guess they got something with the monkey pox or something. I don't know. I don't, I don't deal with that. I don't worry about that shit, man. Yeah, exactly, because for them other, other folks. But, yeah. uh, <laughs> but uh, Cali's good, man. I'm, I'm, I love it out here, brother. You know, I moved out here in 94, and I knew I wasn't going back home. I love Cali. Man, I'm one of them people, man. I got out to Cali. You know, I came out there starry eyed, you know, palm trees, palm trees, women in bikinis, sun, beautiful sunsets, beautiful sunshine and all that. But I kind of, I ain't gonna lie, I kind of got this loot. You know, you know this from being out in Cali. Them people out there move very different from East Coast and down South. But yeah. once I left and then I was like, man, this is different. And then like when I came back, before I deployed and came back to Washington, I just came back from Oakland this past weekend, putting in some work out there in comedy. But once I got back in Oakland, I, to Oakland, I was like, I miss California. So I cannot wait. I'm supposed to be going back in the spring. So definitely, we definitely going to have to hook up and do what we do. We have to run it back like we did between 15 and 17 again, because I ain't leaving no stone unturned this time, a.k.a. I ain't chasing them females like I did last time. You know, uh, the last time you did my spot at Shooters, man, people still talk about you, bro. Oh, yeah. That little quick 10 minutes you did? Yeah, they yeah. still talk about it. They said, man, what happened to that country dude, man? I said, oh, yeah. They said, man, he was funny. I said, yeah, that's my dude. Peace, my dude. Different and, and I was worried because, like, I had, like, spent six months deployed, and I was, like, literally, I went even 48 hours back in the country, bro. So I was like, that. 
But you know, if you mess with me, I'm gonna get you on stage, bro. Come on. Oh yeah, you know I know. That that yeah. whole show was funny, top to bottom. Me, you, Macron, I gotta get on in the future. Jamar McClain, I'm gonna have to get see if I get him on. And spell it to me, I'm gonna have to get her on too. Uh, I didn't think you say she raw. I'm like, oh, she came, but I, she got on stage like, oh shit, she yeah. is raw. She raw raw. <laughs> I told you. She I thought you were just saying it, but no, she got up. That matter of fact, I might need to see. Cause I need to get more females on here. I might need to see about. Like, I'm gonna hit her up as soon as we done with this and see if she be willing to do it. Yeah, she's uh, she's driving trucks these days. Yeah, I know. But, uh, she'll do it. Yeah. I'm going to have to tell her to tone it down. I ain't going to tell her to be all the way clean. I'm like, look, now nah, my mama got to watch this now. So, because my mama not afraid. Cause I got another podcast I do, The Porch Talk, my first episode. My mama, she hit me up, baby, I couldn't finish it. It was just so much foul language. You know, God don't want you to do it. You know, I was like, oh, Lord, why you bring, why you brought Jesus in this? Yeah. Well, yeah, to me, though, she don't talk like that, though. Yeah. Her stage presence is that, but she don't talk that way at all. I mean, what? she gets wrong yeah she was confident so yeah 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 but i know a lot of people like that a lot of people because I, I had to tell people that about carlos miller because carlos miller um i saw him in the green when i used to see him all the time when i was in atlanta everybody think oh he crazy i said man actually buddy when he get off the stage he chill he in his phone he trying to smoke i said he's not really gonna say two words to you I said, everybody know Lee Carlos Miller alone when he off stage. Like, don't be trying to get in his face, crack no jokes. It's like he in his phone, he in his own little world, he chill. One of them, I mean, one of the most chillest people you ever meet right. off stage. Um, but yeah, um, so uh, what? like I said, what what, uh, what you got in the works or what, what's been up lately with you, brother? Yeah, I just shot a uh, skit with the Nelk Boys. The Nelk, yeah, Nelk Boys. Uh, they on YouTube. I didn't know how big they were, but they got 7.9 million followers oh wow look them up they do skits and stuff like that so i got a chance to be a feature on one of their skits and it was a lot of fun uh prior to that i just did a nugenics commercial uh infomercial for gnc nugenics they own it and then i got a jardians commercial coming out from um a big one about prostate i think it's no heart something i don't know yeah. <laughs> you just you just saw the check and were like, all right, well, look, this is where the money is. Like, what is about the rectal? I don't care. Just, just to give me the money. Uh, you know, like, they asked you about doing roles. Like, they called me the other day talking about, would you dress and drag? I said, no, I'm good on that one. You know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, anything else, medical, I ain't got no problem with. But I don't take roles that I don't think I could naturally do because I'm not really an actor. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I'm a comedian. So when I take on a role, I kind of think to myself, that's something I could have done. So they say, could you have been a lawyer? I'm like, yeah. Could I have been a doctor? Sure. So I take them type of roads, you know what I mean? Yeah. You, been, yeah, you know what I'm saying? I grew up yeah. in the, we didn't yeah. have nothing when I was growing up. So yeah, I could have been all of that. So <laughs> it's just a naturally me, you know what I mean? So Yeah, I understand. I know you said um, when we talked uh, before we got started, you said you've been ahead back down to Atlanta. Uh, what you you gonna hook back up with my uh, boy? Because I know you when you first went to Atlanta, you hooked up with my two boys, uh, Damon, Mister Inappropriate Clark, and my other homeboy, D'Amico Henderson. So that's who you're going to be putting in work with in Atlanta when you go back. That's who I'm working with. Uh, I'm gonna work with Damon. He got me three dates. Uh, he got me two in Atlanta and one in Alabama. And then there's a brother named Julio Hennessy that I'm looking forward to working with. But uh, Damon's my dude, man. Me and him connected when I first went down. I went down there to feature 
And uh, me and him end up just, man, we end up being on the phone talking about comedy for hours. Oh, yeah. And then while I'm, I, I brought your name up and he said, Pete, oh, that's what, you know what I mean? And that yeah. just tell you how small the world is, brother. Good oh, brothers yeah. always gravitate to good brothers. I believe that 100%. Oh, yeah. And that man, he got a good ass repertoire of uh, stuff he does. Cause like, I didn't realize, I knew he said he acted and I saw some of his stuff, but I didn't realize that man has been in a lot of stuff back in the 90s. Yeah, and up into the early 2000s because I go back and watch New York Undercover, some other stuff from the now. I'm like, good God! I'm like, how much stuff was he in? Because I thought he was just like, oh, he had back. No, he actually was like still speaking roles. I'm talking about facing the camera and everything. I'm like, oh wow. He, he's a very knowledgeable brother about all of that, and I'm trying to work my way into the movies next. Movies and series. I like the commercial life. Don't get me wrong, but I definitely want to try the movie life, man. I'm I'm gonna hit my agent up and say, look. You know, put me in for some of that stuff so I can try to audition because I like it. I, I I like the way they treat you on set. And man, it's, it's a different life. You know what I mean? Like I worked with, uh, uh, what's it, Slim Jimmy X, Ray Tremon. Yeah. I, I worked with Max Frost. I've done music videos. I was in the BT movie. Uh, what's it called? Uh, man, Swag Inc. Okay. I was in that movie. So I've done... Uh, quite a bit in my little bit of time in acting, maybe three years, but I've done a lot of commercials. Uh, I've been on some Costco stuff and yeah, it's been cool. VA, I've done a lot of VA stuff, bro. I got a thing out right now for VA mental health. Yeah. Uh, Prince. I also did a VA commercial and then I did another VA. So I've done like three different VA uh, programs and you know, that kind of supports what I do for us trying to work with vets and mental health and things like that. So the Marina comedy brand, so I'm kind of working with them with what I want to do. So yeah, it's good. Well, let's no, transition. You were talking about the Marines. So when did you join the Marines? Like, I think it was a date. Cause I mean, I know it's going to be. Hold up. Now listen, you know, I'll be lying about my age, all right? Yeah. <laughs> the date is going to pretty much expose me. Well, well, how old were you when you joined the Marines? Give us a backstory. When, how old were you? And, and what led to you joining the Marines? What led you to not say, all right, to hell with college. The hair would go working like being a garbage man. Cause you know, back then, anybody could be a garbage man. It ain't like as exclusive as it is now. What made you just say, I'm going to give my life to Uncle Sam and become a, a devil dog? What made you just sign that? Let me, let me tell you the true story, brother. Uh, growing up, I grew up in the inner city in Harrisburg, in South yeah. Harrisburg. A lot of my friends were gangsters. Yeah. So most of us grew up with the same aspirations of being a gangster. Yeah. My only problem was, my credentials were not gangster credentials. <laughs> I, I from a performing arts school with a varsity letter in tennis, bro. You know what I'm saying? Wait, hold on. Tennis? <laughs> tennis, yeah. You played tennis? I played tennis. But oh I had my a, God, I got to see that. I got to see this. My big varsity letter is in tennis, right? Now, oh, wow. Hold on, wait, it gets better. Yeah. Not only, I was 18 when I graduated high school. I was five foot six and I weighed 98 pounds. Oh, damn. I was six inches from being a midget and eight pounds of being Ethiopian. You, know? <laughs> <laughs> you stupid. I'm being honest, bro. So my choices was kind of limited, you know what I mean? Because I had, yeah. I, was, I really did, you know what I mean? i never forget graduating high school. I was 18 and my yeah. mom bought my prom outfit, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. She got my outfit from the boys' department of Jay Z Pennies. It was a 14. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. 
It was polyester. I never forget it. It was a polyester rust colored suit. And I, I never forget on the tag it said no animals or plants was killed in the making of this suit. Oh my God. That's electric. <laughs> I remember one time I ran out of oil in the car. My mom took that suit, put it in, and we got 10 miles out of it. That's how synthetic it was. You know what I'm saying? So, oh, that's terrible. That is horrible. I remember so then. You know, my brothers, my friends was getting into crime and stuff. Yeah. And I, I didn't want to do that. You know what I mean? I realized I wouldn't cut out for jail. Trust me on that. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Not in no five, six, nine, eight pounds. Boy, they no, been talking right. your ass around like a Newport. Right. <laughs> I understand, bro. I had to get up to 108 pounds just to go to boot camp. Okay. I was underweight by 19, 19 or something pounds. And he was going to give me a 10 paper. So I originally wanted to go in the Air Force. Let me be honest. I was going to go in the Air Force. And I took the physical and I took the test and I came back and I was underweight. And the Air Force told me, uh, they gave me eight months to gain the weight and then I could go. Well, in the inner city, eight months is eternity. Oh, People yeah. Eight minutes. You know what I mean? Yeah. In, in eight weeks. I knew I didn't have eight months. So. I sat down one day and I thought to myself and I was like, you know what? I only was going in the Air Force because it was easy. Oh, yeah. Because all my life, that's where I looked at it. And then that epiphany hit me like, <laughs> you're five, six, you're 98 pounds. You ain't qualified to get in no branch of the service, right? What you going to do? And I thought about it and I said, you know what? I'm going to the Marines. For no other reason than to challenge myself. Okay. Only reason I went to the Marine Corps. I didn't know nothing about the Marine. I knew I heard they was the toughest. I heard it was the roughest. And I felt all my life I had been taking shortcuts. Okay. And I, but I'm not gonna take a shortcut this time. I'm gonna go ahead and I went to the recruiter. I was already physical. And he started feeding me every day. So I get up to 108 pounds because I needed to be 118. Yeah. But they would let me in at 108. So I ate and ate every day, bananas, milk, all kinds of stuff. I got up to 108. I did it in two weeks. And I left. I joined the Marine Corps on December 14th, 1978. Oh, wow. I went to boot camp December 27th, 1978. Okay. Left two weeks. Yeah, yeah. You gave away the year. I ain't prompting you for the year. You told on yourself. So, and so don't be sitting there like you're trying to show my age. You just told on yourself how old you are. Good guy. All right. So when did it hit you like this for real? Because like I know when me, when I got off that bus at Great Lakes, Illinois, at Recruit Training Command for the U.S. Navy, I'm like, as soon as I got off and I saw them folks with the red rose, I'm like, oh, my God, this this, this really the field now. Ain't no turning back. So when did it hit you like this is the real deal? Like, I'm in here. Like, ain't no turning back. I can't go home now. It hit me when I almost drowned in swim qualification. Oh, man. And I jumped in the pool, and I really couldn't swim, but I said I could. And I was swimming underwater, you know, but you got to do like four laps. And I got the three laps, and I got tired, and I started going down. And they let me go down. Oh, yeah. And I went down again, and they let me go down. I know on the movies, the third time you die on the third yeah. go. So when I came up, I acted a fool, but I made sure they do the hell I was in there. <laughs> then I realized it hit me, Pete. When they even had the decency to jump in the pool and pull me out. <laughs> <laughs> they 
out there like the like like the Apollo yep. drug stuff, right? Then I'm spitting up. I'm man. I'm thinking I'm dying. They standing over top of me, cussing me out for drowning on third time. That's when it hit me that I didn't pick the wrong goddamn service. <laughs> I said, "This fools is crazy." I said, "I was like, oh my god, I'm dying, and you mad at me for dying on your time?" Yeah, brother. You know how much that's paperwork they had to put in? That's why they want you dying. Huh? You know how much paperwork go into somebody dying? It ain't because like they 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 mad you die. It's paperwork. You know, being an NCO, you know how the paperwork you got to do when a mishap right. happens. That's when it that's when it hit me, bro. That's when it real it didn't hit me on the footprints. It didn't hit me when they cut my hair. Cause I had heard those things. But when they show lack of consideration for my life. If they didn't give a damn, bro, that's when I got, that's when I was like, ooh, this is serious. And this, this is real, bro. This is, yeah. I got slobber, snot, everything, bro. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm just flying, you know, all 112 pounds of me now in the game, three pounds. Yeah. All 112 pounds, soaking wet, dying. And they ain't even look. And y'all gotta be in full battle rider when y'all do that, right? Because we only got our like, swimsuit on. Y'all gotta oh. have gear and your rifle. Envy, bro. Yeah. Oh man, I'm not envy y'all. See, and y'all had you said y'all had to do four laps. We just gotta jump in, swim in the Navy. We just jump in and swim one lap down. Right. That's it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hang on somebody trying to call me. Oh Lord. Y'all see him. You see me? Huh? I can see. Yeah, you it's a frozen image though. Oh, okay, hang on one. I'm 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 phone call go through. So they can go through Genie. Oh, I know who that is. All right. But All right we just we look at the road with the people just gonna have to accept this one as a mishap. Yeah. We just start this back over again. They just gonna have to accept, hey, hey, this is this is a ghetto production, people. Hey, you look, know, it, I don't get pre- hey, it was a frozen image. We I was still there, don't worry about it. We kept I know they're but they look, we already had to start this episode over once because of a phone call. We're not starting this over again. It's organic. This is what you get what you pay for, which is nothing. So you can't complain about some shit that's free, people. This is what you're getting. When you come back, though, man, we're gonna definitely put some work in. I, I got a lot of stuff I'm trying oh, to for yeah. with uh vets. And I'm doing as a matter of fact, I'm doing a Veterans Day show in to in Hammock that I'm okay. headlining. But I got a lot of stuff. I'm gonna start this 501c. To, to get veterans the information they need to get their benefits. I don't okay. think out there for our benefits, our, me, our, our vets to get out and know how to buy a house or know how to get the VA care they should get or know how to get the percentages that they should get. And there's a lot of us missing out on that, man. So yeah, we got to yeah. do that, you know? Yeah, we got to get that through word of mouth. It's got to be somebody that uh, you know, somebody like all the stuff I hear, I hear from guys who was already, it's funny. Because I remember when I was about to leave to go to boot camp. Now, this is a deacon that was in my church. Mm-hmm. Squared away guy. I told him I was getting ready to go. This man looked me dead and I said, young bug, if you don't do nothing else, he said, take your ass to medical and claim everything. He, we're in a church now. I said, excuse me, he said, take your ass to medical and claim everything. Yeah. He said, get as much as you can out of them people. He said, Uncle Sam going to send you through the ringer. He said, make him pay you on the back end. I'm going through it right now, but the stuff that I'm learning, I'm going to share with other people. You know, I'm at 80% disability, but my knees are so shot, I'm barely walking. That's why I'm really quitting my job, man, because my knees are so shot. But they making me go through it. 
to get it. Trust me. But it's okay because everything I learned, I'm going to share with somebody else. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, so that part of your joke when you talk about your knee, you know that when you go through, like, my knees and are shot. Lungs, diabetic, and my memory ain't what it used to be. Yeah. You know so, yeah. I love that. that that's oh. one of my favorite jokes. I love that. Every time you get to that one, I'll be like, here we go. <laughs> I love that. Especially when you put, when you when you had a fake like your memory short, I'm like, and everybody like, he forgot what it said. I said, y'all, that's it. I said, oh, I'm like, y'all missed the whole thing. I love that one. So, what was your MOS in the Marines? What was your job? Originally, I was aviation order, sixty five twenty one, okay. and then I eighty four eleven, which was recruiter, and then eighty four twelve, which was career recruiter. Okay. Oh, you one of them people that finagle your way into sitting there, just going in there and selling people dreams. I got a couple homeboys that did. I'd be like, y'all lucky bastards. I man, listen, hey, tell you why you ain't got to sell dreams? Because people want something. All you got to do is show them how to get it. You know, I got a story, man. I got a young man I picked up. He was uh working at a swimming pool and struggling in life. Yeah. And I gave him a screening test and found out he was very intelligent. I couldn't get him the job I wanted to give him in the Marine Corps, so I had to let him trust me that the Marine Corps would give him that job. He ended up going into intelligence, right? Oh, yeah. Three years later, he was at Morehouse University. Yes, sir. What's today's date? Uh, today's date is August 18, 2022. He is now Brigadier General Melvin Peterson. Thank you. Oh, oh damn. All right. I put him in enlisted. He went from enlisted to general in the United States Marine Corps, and he's black. Yes, sir. Y'all just got y'all first uh, four-star uh, general not too long ago. Yeah, that's our first black one in the Marine Corps. Yeah. Yes, ever. Yeah. Ever. Yes. But but Melvin, I remember Melvin as a young fella, and now he's the head of Marine Corps Intelligence. So I'm proud of what I did as far as recruiter and the people that I put in and the direction I gave them. I never had to sell them a dream, man. I told them real, real deal, just like my experiences. It's going to be what you make it. My son is yeah. seven going in. I didn't tell him to go in the Marine Corps. But he likes watching me and he likes watching the examples I've set for him and the friends I've introduced him to. And he wants to do it. I said, it's what you make it. Because when they start kicking your butt, you need to know why you in there. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. can't do it for me, son. I said, you got to do it for you. And that's why I told my, that's why I was a recruiter. I didn't have to blow smoke up people's ass. I just told them like it really was. You know what I mean? All right. So out of all your whole time in the service, what is like, your, what was your favorite duty station? And what was the number one, and like, what's your favorite memory of all being in? My favorite duty station would be San Diego, bro. Hands yes, down. Sir. Yes, sir. I was there recruiting school. I was an instructor. We was like celebrities, man. We wore the, the blue trousers with the red stripes, sharp every single day with the white. Man, man, that was the life. Let me tell you, that was the life. Man, let me tell you something. In the Marine Corps. As a sailor, I hated seeing y'all motherfuckers come through with that uniform on. Cause boy, it'd be like all out, all the all the navy women, they be who girl look at them in them blues and looking at them with the blood. Like, oh, these man, we got the Popeye uniform on them on Cracker Jack uniform. I'm like, how can I compete with that? And I ain't gonna lie, I will say this about y'all. Y'all women are the most beautiful women. I in shape, 
just like toned and everything. I remember I was uh San Diego, I never forget this. I had to make a full run because I was on duty that day. My East, my E7 made me go make a full run. So I remember I'm going to make a full run. This place called you familiar with Royal Mandarin in National yeah. City. Yeah, so I had to go get the hey, so you know about that crack chicken. Yeah. So I had to go get a gang of crack chicken for the duty section. So in come um in come this sergeant. She fun looking nice, body tight as all get out. And I'm in my little ugly uh, blueberries. I mean, you know, the blue camouflage we used to have. They dirty and dingy. I've been painting all day. But I'm looking at her like, oh, she fine. And then she made her call her eye. Then this fat ass pet officer third class come in, stumbling, bumbling, looking a fool. And she looked at me as if to say, so that's how y'all do? And just walked out. I looked at the third class like, you got, man, messed it all. She looked at me. She was like, well, he looked like he a hard worker. She like, Squid, you been working hard, ain't you? I'm like, I'm hardly working, Sarge. You know how I go. And we started. But then that damn, he focused that. Wow, that's how y'all do y'all people. I'm like, you had to bring your fat ass in here and mess up this game. Uh, you know, you right. The women, I mean, we ain't got a lot of women in the Marine Corps, but they got to stay in shape. You know, that's a requirement. Yeah. You asked me about my favorite time in the Marines. It would probably be, of course, graduation. But being in the Marine Corps, it put me in position to meet some great people, right? Oh, yeah. And I was working in uh, State College, California, uh, Pennsylvania. And I was washing my car one day. I had a BMW 5 Series. And it was a guy parked beside me, and he had a Cyclone, bad GMC car, Typhoon. It was a Typhoon. And uh, we got to talking. But this guy ended up being O.J. McDuffie, was the first round draft oh, wow. pick Miami Dolphins. Yeah. And we get to talking and going back and forth. So he invites me to a party that night. You know, so I go to the party, and I meet Kerry Collins, quarterback for, ended up being for the Carolina Panthers. Yeah. Curtis Enos. All these guys, right? All these, I didn't know none of them because I wasn't a Penn State fan. I was a Michigan fan. Yeah. But these relationships end up being lifelong. You know what I mean? And and the Marine Corps, by being in the Marine Corps and being in those positions, you know, I got to hang out with people like Terry Norris, the boxer that knocked out the Vita, Sugar Ray Leonard. And I only was able to meet them because of, of where the position the Marine Corps put me in. Okay. Locations with these people. I met Mike Tyson because of that. You know what I mean? Okay. You know what I mean? Just cool, just cool stuff, man. Look, my experience, my 20 years in the Marine Corps was definitely beneficial and it definitely made me the person I am today. Okay. Yeah. 38. All yeah. my growing maturity as a man was spent as a Marine. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I, yeah. I was young and I came out grown. You know what I mean? But my mannerisms, the way I am. Is, is is the Marine Corps. It's okay. just like you say, man, you look good for your age. I'm like, what the hell am I supposed to look like? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, think, right. I hate when people say that to anybody. You look good for your age. What are you supposed to look like? Am I supposed to just give up on life because I turned 60? You know what I mean? Yeah. Am I supposed to be big as a damn house, walking around with fat ankles and all this other stuff looking ridiculous? Nah, man. You know what I mean? I, I still enjoy life. And it was embedded in me, you know, to try to take care of myself to the best I can. That way. Um, so were you were you like a jokester in the Marines or did that come after? Like, you know, when I was making people laugh, were you straight laced or serious or you just was chill, laid back, let's get the job done so we get the hell out of here? Nope, I was a jokester all my life, bro. I, I okay. went to, did you forget I went to a performing arts school? That don't make you a jokester. You could have been a thespian. You could have been like, Towards through light yonder window breaks. You know, I mean, that don't mean you a jokester. 
No, I wasn't a thespian. I was a jokester. Okay. I got through school being a jokester. I got through everything in life being funny, you know, and going in the Marine Corps, we used to teach these really dry classes on the platform. And I brought humor to it. And to this day, I can go to MCRD San Diego today. I retired from the Marine Corps in 99. I would run into somebody that went through one of my classes and they'll remember me. And they'll remember me because of the humor that I brought to the classroom. And I had done it so much that other instructors start emulating what I was doing. And we took these dry classes and started making them fun. And we started laughing about it. And I was sitting at home. I got out of the Marine Corps. I was 50, 53 years old, bro. 53. I was sitting at home on the edge of my bed. And I had always thought about, you know, doing comedy. And I just flipped on the side and I said, I'm going to do comedy. And that was it. And I ain't looked back since. That was it. That's God's truth. I just woke up. That's just where I am. I, I look at something. I'm going to do it. I just go do it. I don't think about it. I don't make all these plans. I'm just going to go do it. And I'm going to take the bumps and the bruises that go with learning the game. You know what I mean? Yeah. I had always thought I was funny all my life. And now I just do it for real. Okay. Well, you kind of like, you kind of already like answered my next question. I'm like, when did you get started? But you just said 53. Like, when was the first time you hit the stage? What was that like? Where and what was that like? First time I hit the stage was the uh, Hollywood Improv. Oh, wow. And uh, it was with a class. And me and Precious, Precious Hall was on the same. Her and I hit the stage at the same time. Okay. He was on the show and I was on the show. And that was the first time I hit the stage was then. How'd it go? I, I mean, based on the way it was, I guess it was okay. If I looked at it today, it sucked. But based on then, I guess it was all right. You know what I mean? Because okay. I'm looking at some of my old jokes. And you know how you look at them, you like start laughing like, wow, that's what I was talking about? You know what I mean? Yeah. See? Oh, dang. You, you brought no. <laughs> Your man brought no. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Typed out. Stand up. 12, 18. Intro. Hello, my name is Kevin Davis. I'm a retired <laughs> 20 years of my life, I was Rompin, stomping, hell, death, and destruction. I was part of the finest military fighting force the world has ever known. And then one day I woke up and realized I need to find a fucking job. <laughs> so that was back in the day. You know what I mean? After retirement, waterboarding, training, weaponry, daycare center. Now, do I do any of those jokes now? No. But I could always go back and kind of tighten them up. You know what I mean? Yeah. That was my set back in 12, 18, right there. Yeah. That's yeah. correct. That's yeah. why. So, yeah. So, um, what did made you like just keep after that first time? What made you just want to keep pushing with it? Like, I got something here. I'm going to just keep on going. I like the stage, bro. And I like, I like attention. Yeah. And Same I like here. attention. You know, like that, maybe that's why I play tennis. Well, I wasn't big enough to play football. And I wasn't big enough to play baseball no more because I stopped growing in the seventh grade. I was the same height and weight from the seventh to the twelfth grade. So I picked something that I could do, which was tennis, and I was pretty good at it. You know what I mean? And it was an individual sport. And I kind of like that. And I think comedy is an individual sport. It's not a team sport. Oh, no. Take it or fail on your own, right? I kind of like that. And yeah. that's what like, I like them accolades 
when you get done and people you made, you changed somebody's day, you made, you took them out of their mindset and you, you gave them something. And man, when I got that feeling, bro, who it was, I couldn't stop. Couldn't stop. Yeah, I understand that. Um, so uh, it's funny you was talking about, so like, what is your favorite comedy memory that you have so far? Like, what would let you know I, I, I'm i on my way or I know I'd rock this stage or whatnot? As, as when I was at home, man, when I finally got to go back home, uh, oh, it's two stories. The first time I went back home, it didn't go good. I was supposed to do 20 minutes with, um, what's my man's name from the Dave Chappelle show? Donnell Rollins. Donnell Rollins. But I did not know I wasn't the feature. I was told I was the feature, but I wasn't, I ended up not being the feature. So I'm in the back getting myself ready. And I guess I missed my spot. Cause I'm thinking I'm featuring, you know what I mean? So when I walk out, they was like, where was you at? I said, man, I was in the back waiting to come up. They said, well, you missed your spot. I said, yo, hold up, man. I done flew out here from California. I'm getting on, you know what I mean? Yeah. Talent was the host. So he said, well, Donnell brings his own feature and he goes on after him. So I'm like, shit, like that, right? So he said, well, we're gonna give you some time. So as I'm walking on stage, he walks past me and he says, you got seven minutes. Oh, wow. Now, I've been practicing for 20. I wasn't good enough at that point to have a seven minute set, let me be honest. And I couldn't, in my mind, I couldn't get myself to go to seven minutes. So I went out there and just did seven minutes of whatever, man. And it was probably oh, one. And that impacted me. Let me tell you, it stuck with me for six, seven months. Because I was at home, you know what I mean? So seven months later, I get called to come back home. And when I got done with this 20-minute, 20 25-minute set, I got to stand in ovation. That's what I'm talking about. You know what I mean? That's that high flows of what we do. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Evan flows, but... I can honestly say that was probably the highlight to go home and for your friends to finally recognize that you're really funny at this. Because oh, I had doubt me, like, oh, Kevin ain't funny, you know what I mean? And they don't understand what it takes, how many years it takes to build up a real set and to become good at this. Yeah. Be good out the blocks, you know what I mean? You may be funny, but you ain't stage funny. You know what okay. I mean? Oh, you know, exactly. Maybe, you know, you can keep your friends because they know you're funny, but these people out in the audience don't know you. You know, so to be stage funny, it takes some time. So when my friends acknowledge that, when I seen the comments, man, that that that's that's that was it for me, Pete, to be honest. Because yeah. those are the people I wanted to impress the most. You know what I mean? The yeah. people I spoke with, the people who see me funny all my life, and then to be able to go back and just do that, man. That that especially after the Donnell Rowling thing, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I go back with Bruh Man on this one, and yeah, so it yeah. Absolutely. About that 20 minutes, I'll never forget. I think it's uh I, I want to say it's the third time me and you had hooked up and like we got cool. I remember you telling me, like, man, you gotta know how to have a set for this amount of time, for that <laughs> amount of time, or that amount of time. So you got to have different ones. I never forget you told me it's like, look, you can't just go there and have this and then try to he said, No, you need to know if hey, I got five, I need to do this. I got yep. seven, I need to do that. I got 10, I need to do that, and I got 15. He said, You gotta take I remember you told me you gotta tailor yourself. 
to whatever it is. He said, said basically, like you said, you know, like you told me, he said, you know, you're in the military, you're on the ship. He said, like, if this situation happens, you know, you got to do that. If this situation happens, you got to do this. And I'll never get that. And I took that with me and I ran with that. That's one pearl I remember you gave me. And then that, okay, so now the next thing I want to know, because you know, we party too after we get out. What's the wildest time off stage you did have? Because I'm going to tell you, uh, it's two that ring, especially between me and you know the two I'm going to talk about, but tell me about your wildest time off stage. On stage, will be the wild. You know, I don't really drink before I go on stage. You know that, right? Yeah, I know. I'm just talking about after we out stage, we kicking it. Like, because you know some chicks going. That's a different story now. Uh, <laughs> let me think. The wildest time, probably Vegas. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was wild. That was wild, bro. That was super, super wild. I think I was with on with the unknown comic, the dude that you yeah. with a bag over his head. Yeah. And then we got sweet at the Palms or somewhere, SLS. And brother, whoo, what a party. Yeah. Yeah. You, you meet good people. And they people just want to hang around. They want to gravitate to you because you tell jokes. And you don't know who's going to end up in the room. And that's just the way it was. We had a blast that night. That was, that was probably the best one. Go yeah. ahead, your turn. You ain't gonna go. All right, we'll see. I started learning going out with your ass. It's gonna be liquor. It's gonna be some women, and it might be a, 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 a it might be a plethora of both, and it, and the night can go either way. So you already know. Okay, I'm gonna go say this first, but I'm gonna go and put myself out there, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna hit myself, and I'm gonna bust myself inside the head. So at that time. I went out with y'all. I think it's I think it's when I got introduced to Latitude. I mean not Latitude. Um Arrow Squad in 94. 94 Arrow Squad. Right. And y'all took me there because I was like, man, I don't want to go party downtown. These little young kids, and I'm gonna tell you with some grown women. And he's like, we're gonna drink. And I'm thinking, oh man, this dude, oh, I can drink this man. This is when I learned you are not gonna drink a marine under the table. I don't give a damn. He's 25, he's 105. You are not gonna drink no marine under the table. So, you know, I'm at the bar. I'm like, man, I'm gonna show this old nigga I can keep up with him. Whoop the whoop. Man, I remember I went in the bathroom. I didn't throw up, but I wish I had thrown up. I don't know. All I remember it was, it wasn't you, but it was some dude who came and said, hey, he said, hey, he said, hey, young buck, you good? I'm like, yeah, man, I'm straight set, bro. You can't go out like that, man. He said, go find your people. And you looked at me like, you all right? I'm like, Man, he like, no, nah, bro, you ain't. I said, man, look, I'm going to go. He said, no, fool, you ain't going to go back to base. You going to come sleep on my couch in my hotel. I ain't going to let you go back to base. And I remember we went by McDonald's. Yeah. And I said, yeah, let me get my two Big Macs. And so you look at me like, you sure? I'm like, I'm, I'm positive. <laughs> and I woke up the next morning. I remember you were sitting there just looking at me laughing. I'm like, man, get out of my business, man. Just get out of my business. Take me back to, take me back to 36th Street. I ain't worried about that. You, were, that. you was with my buddy Joe. Now, Joe is connected to everybody. Yeah. Joe knows everybody is everybody, especially in 94. So when yeah. you're going, he's like a celebrity. And he don't let you spend money. That's the second thing you didn't understand. Oh, that's, that, that, that was explaining why I got so toe up. So that's how we go. And we go hard, bro. And then remember, we, he had the Porsche, the four-door Porsche. Yeah. I had the, the uh, BMW. Yeah, I remember that. And we was, man, we were going, man, that was a crazy night, bro. No, and, and the second one is that little spot that our boy Ira used to have right on Sports <laughs> Arena Boulevard. See, you, I was like, so I just, this is, all right, so, so y'all, so y'all, we sitting there, it's after the show, we politicking. So my man, he had brought his, my man Kel brought his lady at the time with him. Right. So now there was some other chick in there that was putting a bid in, and I'm like, okay, obviously they got some history together. So she didn't walk off. 
And I come from the bathroom, and him and Grisha like, who was that? I'm like, what's this? Gail's like, what you mean? That woman talked to you. Well, what woman's talking to me? And I don't know what the hell going on. I'm like, the hell is they talking about? Because I didn't see the chick leaving nothing. I'm like, what the hell are they talking about? She's like, that chick, she was all in your face. I said, man, that's my old lady, man. She get drunk and be talking out of her ass. She'll just talk to any damn body when she drunk. That's what the hell she did. Because it didn't hit me what was going on. I'm like, why the hell? Oh, I'm like, man, that's my lady. I don't know why she be I be telling her drunk ass about doing it. I'm going to go outside. Man, the look Kevin shot me out. He was like, nigga, thank you. I'm like, I said, Pete. You got to take one for me, bro. <laughs> yeah, you ain't even say it, but you just looked at me. Because I looked at him, I'm like, why are he looking at me? And I just like, oh, I said, oh, oh, oh. I just like, it just click. Huh? Yeah. Say what? Ooh, man. Yeah. I, no, yeah, you didn't even do I that. You just looked. I'm like, why are he looking? Because I, I I was halfway drunk. So it took me a while. I'm like, why is he looking? Oh, I know what's going on. And I just jumped right in there. But no, you remember that time we went downtown and we went to fine ass Canadian women? Oh, yeah. Oh my God! Oh, the one over to me. I write nasty books and I strip, and I got five babies. I'm like, I see why you got five babies. <laughs> that thing was beautiful. Yes, you were. That's why anytime I knew you was coming in town, everybody like, oh, we finna go down. I said, man, I'm going wherever Kevin going. Like, Kev, we, we out. We out. They be like, you. Hey, bro, we always had a good time, man, and that's what matters. And like, just enjoying yeah. life. What what it gives you? Yeah. Yeah, man, we had a good time. Especially like any time I knew it, I was on a RIP uh, to Big Mike Mitchell. Anytime I knew that we were doing that at a madhouse and I knew you was on us, oh, it's going to be a good night. I used oh, to yeah. tell all my boys. Always. That was I used never- to tell all my boys. I said, I ain't going to be working for damn at work tomorrow. Yeah, I miss Mike, man. That, that was my dude, man. Yeah. It's funny because he hit me up a couple of days and DM me a couple of days and said, I think he did in Tennessee. Because I just had to remind everybody that I really do this. And then like three days later, he was gone. So I think that was his goodbye to me. Well, you know, he came to uh, Atlanta. I did a show in Atlanta and he came down. Yeah, I remember that. He took the bus, man, and came 14 hours just to see the brother, man. And that's the last time I seen him. He yeah. went back to and, and he died like a week later. Yeah, but I was glad I wouldn't even kick it, you know, and yeah, that, that was a hard one, bro. That was a hard one. He always have a special place in Because when I was in San Diego trying to get on at them clubs, he had always, I always had a spot I knew that I could get on. Granted, it was what they called them bringer shows that yeah. them other comics used to always, oh, that's a bringer show. I said, I don't know if y'all know this. Every show but in me. comedy, it's about putting asses in seats. That, that's so, I, so my thing is, if you want to be this big time comic that's always working at the Lab Factory, the comedy store, the improv, they ain't finna put you on there if you ain't putting asses in seats. That's for real. I said, the man just telling you straight up, you don't put no asses in seats, I'm not putting you on. Yep. I mean, I'm getting mad all y'all want to wait. You bringing your friends. This is what I had to tell a lot of men. You probably know this with your Marine Corps friend, because I know you said you got to throw it after you retire, because I know my, my boys and my homegirls in the Navy did this. They will come to the show expecting you to cr- uh, crack your, your face to be cracked. They'd right. be like, hey, you better be funny. If not, I'm going to talk about your ass on the ship tomorrow. And they be like, oh, you bring your friends. I said, bro, my friends coming to, come to, come to heckle. They coming to see me fail. They not coming to see me do good. They want to see me crack my face. They coming there with their own crop. Man, all my boys and homegirls be coming in their life. Like, oh, shit, my car man actually find it. Right. Yeah. So it was. I'm at work, right? Oh, no, I didn't know you was at work. <laughs> see, that boy, 
See, that's what I'm talking about. That's their career recruiters that be sitting there BSing, feet up on the chair. Oh, snap. Hey, yeah, uh, yeah, I've been working hard getting my numbers. But, uh, yeah, so um, I, I take it as you try to tell me we – so I'm going to say this, and we're going to segue into the last little part of this. So growing up in Harrisburg, was you like – what y'all close to? Y'all close to Philly or y'all close to Pittsburgh? We closer to uh, Philly. Pittsburgh is so, so, 70 miles. That's west. Philly's about 90 miles. So you did growing up, would you like primarily like things Philadelphia? Yeah, more Philly. Philly. Okay, well, I'm, I, I, so we about to get up out of here. So I got this game. Uh, say what? Philly and Baltimore. Baltimore. Oh, Baltimore. Baltimore so, just this away. I ain't know that. So was you more like you did most stuff in Baltimore or you did most stuff in Philly? I did more stuff in Baltimore, believe it or not. Oh, snap. So dang. Oh, you took me for a loop there. So some of these go, okay, well, I got a game I play this at this or that, where like I take something that the comedian I'm talking to, something that's like unique to their life, whether it's where they're from, stuff they've been through, and I'll say, and I and I ask them which one would they prefer. Okay, so the first one you being in huh? Philly. Let's do Philly. Okay, so Philly, all right. So Philly, um, Let me see what I got for Philly. The Sixers or the Eagles? Eagles. Eagles? Okay. Okay, because y'all was the first one to knock off the mighty Green Bay Packers way back in the day before the Super Bowl had became a thing. They had a Dutchman, whatever his name was. Oh, yeah, I know you're talking about the – I know you're talking about – <laughs> All right, so being from Philly, because this is something I notice, especially every time you and Mac Rohn go out there, I'm going to have to get him on here too. Y'all love y'all some cheesesteaks. Y'all always going to get y'all cheesesteak. Yes, sir. So Ishka Bibbles or Geno's? Oh, Ishka Bibbles, hands down. Yeah, man. Hey, Mac almost cussed my ass out. I'm like, y'all need to be said, motherfucker, we going to eat that? We eat Ishka Bibbles. What's wrong with y'all? I thought you was going to go there, but I just had to say that. All right, and... um. The last one, I'm going to make this a Marine Corps question, and I already know the answer to this one. Uh, Paris Island or Pendleton? What? But just working there, being there. And I boot camp because you ain't had no choice. It depends on... I went to San Diego, bro. I'm a boot camp. That's the of Pendleton. Oh, okay. And when people say Pendleton, they be like, oh, I'm with San Diego with Pendleton. I'm like, nigga, that is not Pen- that is not San Diego. That is Pendleton. That is Oceanside. The boot camp is going to be the place. I went to Camp Pendleton or I went to San Diego. San yeah. Diego, man, uh, I went down to Paris Island. I'm glad I went to San Diego. So, <laughs> <laughs> I seen that spot, bro. Woo. Yeah, that's swampy. I grew up in the swamp, so I would not have wanted to go through it, getting your ass hit up by mosquitoes, dodging water moccasins, none of that shit. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm good. Plus, I, I mean, like I said, I wanted to go to Cali, and that was my first opportunity. And when they offered me that chance, they had two spots in San Diego. I said, like, oh, yeah, I'm going. Because they first, you know, exposed you to California. Oh, so. yeah. I, all right. But, like, look, I'm going to let you go and get out and get back to work. Um. Plug your social media on these for these people before we get up out of here, though, dog. My social my social media is all the same. The Marine of Comedy. Uh, Marine of Comedy at Instagram, the Marine of Comedy at Facebook and Twitter, because it's got to be shorter. Marine of Comedy. All right. And I have a www.themarine.com. Yes. All right. 
That's that brand. I understand. Yes, All right, I'm glad I finally got to catch up with you. We was having some scheduling conflicts. Like I said, I'm gonna let you get back to work. And then, like I said, damn, dude, let me get him. <laughs> hey, man, look, hey, that's the phone saying time to go, goddamn. I know. All right, I'm gonna <laughs> holler at you soon. Hey, I can't wait to get back to Cal in the spring. We're gonna get up, we're gonna, we gonna get it back cracking like it was before I left in 2017. No, I got you, brother. Whatever I got, you in. You already know. All right, much love, man. Love you, brother. I right, love you too. Take Out. it easy. Out. Yeah.